Hello, wherever you are in the world today, welcome to Beyond the Art in our series, The Stories That Carry Us. I'm your host, Craig Beaumont Flynn, a citizen of the Cherokee Nation and the Delaware Tribe of Indians. In each episode, we will discuss with various Native American artists, influencers, art leaders, and everyone in between their experiences, the communities they serve, and the translation and interpretation of the Native American art world today. to be on the art today and we have as our guest Heidi Brandel, a multidisciplinary artist and welcome to the show Heidi. Great, thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to start off and jump right into it and ask you to tell us about your journey and your personal background and cultural heritage. Sure. Uh, so my name is Heidi Brandau. I am Dineth and Kanakamali or Native Hawaiian and Navajo. Um, I am based in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I'm a multidisciplinary artist. I primarily work in painting, and um, I've done some uh, community engagements work. Um, and let's see, I, uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know if that's, <laughs> if that's, <laughs> that's it. Good. That sums it up real quickly. Uh, yeah. Well, tell us how you got started as an artist and how you identify as a Native American and what, how that influences your artistic work. Oh, gosh. Um, so I got started, I guess, in the arts. Um, you know, my mom and dad, my mom is Native Hawaiian, my dad is Navajo. And I would say that in our home growing up, that it was a very much like Native Hawaiian household. Uh, and we lived, you know, in both places on in Hawaii and on the Navajo Nation, um, you know, but with my mom's presence and like her background as a hula dancer and coming from this very musical family, um, we always had, uh, we were very, always exposed to, to that in our life. Uh, also, you know, whenever we'd visit our family and and I, I always think like my mom is such a good ambassador for Hawaii. <laughs> And Hawaiian people, really, because everywhere we went, she brought um, her culture with her and was always really proud of that. And so I would say that was kind of our introduction, really, was just by virtue of having um, our parents. And, mm -hmm. you know, I guess in a more traditional sense, like in terms of like art, as we know it, like drawing, painting and so forth. My dad always was sort of encouraging me to um, to you know, be engaged in, in art. Um, but I don't know that my parents necessarily thought that it was like a career move. I mean, they were kind of <laughs> old school. Uh, I think they thought, oh, this is like a cool thing that we just right. do, but no. it's not necessarily like a career move. <laughs> now get a real job type thing. <laughs> right. So I ended up uh, actually studying, um, doing a lot of things in like engineering and science initially mm -hmm. and um, started off my college career as a computer science major, um, but then ended up moving into the arts uh, several years later. Uh, you know, didn't finish that program, went to II later after I had uh, two sons and, um, you know, got my degree in uh, fine arts, my undergrad in fine arts and painting, printmaking, and um, kind of just kept going after that. 
So, so did your parents give you any inspiration once you started to head in that direction and make a living out of it? Um, did they give me any inspiration? <laughs> Motivation? Um, <laughs> I guess that they were pleased in the sense that they saw that it was providing a path that I could stick to, you know, because I wasn't mm-hmm. just like wandering around and uh, just, you know, maybe living that stereotypical like artist life uh, with no direction because it really pushed me to like finish my my degree and, you know, and kind of carve out uh, just like a regular life out of it. So I think they were OK with that, <laughs> mm. you know, and, and so- plus I was engaging with communities our community. And, um, I think that also, um, they thought that was cool too, I guess. So how do you, how do you inspire or what particular portions of your indigenous heritage do you incorporate into your art and what is that process for you? Hmm. Well, it's interesting because I feel like, of course, if you see the work that I do, Maybe, uh, you know, it's not necessarily what someone would identify as, quote unquote, mm-hmm. native art. Um, but I feel like it's native art just because, I, you know, I am a native person and it's intrinsically native. And it's, uh, you know, um, I, it speaks to what uh, my experience has been um, as a native person. And I think it also touches upon, um, you know, some of the things we're grappling with as uh, contemporary people in Mm -hmm. today's context, you know. Um, I think some of the work that I've been touching upon, especially within the last five years, maybe six or seven years, um, has really kind of drawn me back into sort of going deeper into recognizing or understanding what my identity is today as a Native person. What does that mean in the contemporary context? How do we like grapple with sort of global issues, but also how do we uh, grapple with, you know, real issues that that we're facing today in terms of, you know, um, our ability to stay, remain and live on our homelands uh, as Native Hawaiians. We're constantly being forced to move away because it's not economically viable and, Many of people have lost their homelands or access right. to land. Um, and then same with the Navajo Nation. Um, our homelands are right now, there's over 500 open uranium mines um, that we're constantly exposed to as a result of mining that happened during the Cold War. Um, so really thinking about that, like how do we as a contemporary Native people look at uh, see ourselves now and in the mm-hmm. future, considering all these different um, new um, issues, if you will. Correct. So, so is there an artistic process that you go through, or do you have a subject matter in mind and then sketch it out? I mean, what actually is your process when you start creating your pieces? Well, you know, if I'm working, so there's a couple things, right? I have a regular practice of creating these sort of like illustrative um, monsters, if you will, um, which I've done for, you know, a long time, over 20 mm-hmm. years probably at this point. Um, and for me, I feel like it's just such a, a like a fun practice because 
I use the monsters or the this type of uh, theme really as like a, a way for me to experiment with different uh, creative methods and, and materials. Um, and it's also like very like, it's kind of like a, like a yoga, <laughs> like a stretching uh, practice because it allows me to just kind of be free and like, just kind of have fun with it, you know? Right. And then if I'm working on these other things, um, you know, um, uh, I, I would say that it really involves just kind of having this, these ideas and like, um, you know, I'm kind of a nerd, so I like to sort of research a lot of things and think about how my personal history and mm-hmm. family and cultural relationships sort of um, touch upon some of these issues that I just talked about and where does that place me and how can I express or talk about these things, um, you know, through my creative practice. So mm-hmm. that's sort of how those things work, I would say. Are there any um, particular artists, both native and non-native? Um that has influenced your particular work or your style? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so many. And um, of course, I'm going to name some names and I'm going to think about it later and be like, oh, dang, I forgot to mention <laughs> so-and-so. So I apologize to those who are alive that are hearing this and you didn't hear your name. It's, you know, just because I'm like on no the worries. spot. Uh, but for sure, I mean, I had a professor, his name was Jeff Com. He's Cree uh, from Canada. He was Cree from Canada. And unfortunately, we lost him. Uh, I think it was 2020 or 2021. Um, you know, it was like a, an accident that he was in. And, but I, he I had him for like two or three years when I was at the Institute of American Indian Arts. And he was awesome. Like he really, uh, you know, pushed me to sort of think about what contemporary native art or what art could look like. Um, you know, he does a lot of sort of abstract or he did a lot of abstract work and wa- was inspired by, you know, s- sort of the geometric patterns and figures mm-hmm. uh, of his community. And so sort of taking that experiment. Oh, and also he was really great about experimenting with materials and scale. And so I always kind of wanted to, to, I wanted to be like him in a way. <laughs> of course I never will be. And I, and you know, I've sort of abandoned that. Um, but there's a lot of really good practices that he kind of instilled in me as an, as an artist and so I continue to, you know, sort of hold him uh, mm. in high regard. Um, so some real, some art, living artists today, you know, Dakota Mace, uh, Danette artist, she's a photographer, um, printmaker. Um, she's doing really outstanding work um, and really critically thinking about our collective history as Native people um, as it relates to, or as Navajos as it relates to, you know, uh, the long walk and sort of um, our place and land and, and belonging and so forth. So she's really doing some, such cool stuff. Um, who else? I mean, gosh, uh, <laughs> should be more quick with this. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So- I mean, honestly, like, I, I talk a lot with, like, older, elder uh uh, artists just by virtue of the work that I'm involved in and right. 
I recently had a conversation with Robert Davidson. He's a Tlingit, um, uh, Haida artist, excuse me, uh, from Vancouver and has had this career, this over 60 plus years of, of carving in his community. And, you know, stuff like that's really inspiring because, you know, he's, he came from this like crazy um, history of uh, his community being disconnected and how he's played this real pivotal role in, in kind of uh, reigniting um, this interest and mm -hmm. uplifting his culture and cultural practices. So, yeah, just right off the cuff, those are people that I could think of for sure. Now, when you have a set medium or narrative you're trying to relay in your pieces, do you think Hawaiian first, or do you think Diné Navajo first, or is it just a combination of whatever your mind and your hand starts creating? Hmm. Um, I think it's just... Uh... I guess it depends. I mean, I'd like to say like more often, it's just a combination of all of that. Um, but, you know, if it's a very like specific project or body of work that I'm thinking of um, as it relates to a very specific culture, like whether it be Navajo or Hawaiian, then mm -hmm. I will more specifically work through those lenses. But I think on a more like regular everyday um approach that it's sort of a combination of both being an indigenous person have you seen a lot of challenges especially being a female artist yeah for sure i mean um you know i think to some degree and it, things might be changing a little bit but you know i i do think that the art world in general still sort of prioritizes um, men and even within our own community as mm -hmm. native people, uh, I think that we still, um, you know, sort of uh, position men, um, you know, uh, to have sort of a higher or easier access to opportunities um, and platforms to sort mm -hmm. of elevate whatever work that they're doing. Um, and I think also, like, if you're just coming, making stuff, and you're not coming from a dynastic family of Native artists, that it's also hard, you know? And I think among Native communities that um, maybe to some degree people don't recognize that, that, like, there is that element, I think, uh, among, mm -hmm. uh, you know, artist families that have had like multiple generations of uh, noticeable or famous quote unquote um, native artists in their family, that they also have this kind of privilege. And um, so I think it's also a little challenging to some degree. Um, but honestly, I also think another challenge <laughs> is that I think we still privilege non-natives um, in determining the value of whose work among our native communities is the most popular or the most like, uh, um, or the best, if you will. Uh, you see this all the time at like Indian market at Swaya, uh, primarily a lot of the judges that are involved in these events are non-native with very little to no experience in um, art or native mm. art, but come from a very specific like collector background, um, and so are making determinations of 
uh, win it, winners based on the value of their own personal collection. Right. Those insurance values need to be upheld. So uh, we're not necessarily actually, you know, like the ones, you know, like making those decisions. So right. something, something interesting to think about, I guess, uh, and how much value we want to play um, into those um, types of determinations that are being made by non-natives. So there's a lot of challenge uh, still to overcome in the Native American art world for us to self-value our work, I guess you could say? Yeah, at least to be in the spaces where mm-hmm. we can make those determinations, you know? So, um, yeah, I think we need to be more invited to those spaces to make those determinations, uh, to be the judges, to be the on those committees, to be on those boards, um, because a lot of that, those decisions are still being made by um, non-natives. We need to tell our story our way and not be judged yeah. by others. It continues, yeah. continues totally. on. How are you inspired and motivated to create? Is there something that you know you think about and prompt yourself to create, or are you are you very? Um, what would be the? Are you very uh, management of your times? Like I am working, I am creating. Are you an artist that just creates when the ideas come to you? It's just always through work. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not like a, there's this idea that we're, I think to some people that artists are just hanging out and <laughs> the inspiration just comes and then we like bust out this incredible series. And maybe it works like that for some people, but I found that as long as you keep doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever that means for you, whether it's writing, whether it's through, um, you know, making paintings, doing drawings, whatever, um, engaging in these types of conversations, um, but being really consistent about it. I think that's really what kind of keeps the fire going. Um, and I think really what inspires me at the end of the day is like no, recognizing that like um, this creative practice is truly like the way for me to um, engage in those types of conversations, which I think are really important uh for our people today um because i'm not really the person that's going to be on the front lines like protesting and camping out like in the middle (laughs) of the winter for several months at a time i have a family you know for very practical reasons and my work is here at home and my community and but i see my way of engaging with those types of issues is through my work as an artist have you seen a transition as you self-reflect uh from when you started it to become an artist to present day? Yeah, I guess. I mean, definitely I feel more confident in my voice as an mm-hmm. artist. You know, I think when you're coming up, uh, especially as a young mom, uh, um, you know, and you're just trying to figure out what the next steps are, um, you're just also trying to figure out what your voice is and what's important to you and how do you express that and, so I think definitely like the biggest shift has been recognizing um, my voice and my autonomy, mm-hmm. you know, and the work that I want to pursue. What pieces are you working on currently? Well, right now I'm kind of in the research phase of a series of work. In fact, I was just writing about it this morning. Um, 
I've been researching my family ties to uh, on my mom's side to this place in Utah called Iosepa. And it was a Native Hawaiian community that was established, um, gosh, in like the 18, late 1800s. Uh-huh. And it's on the outskirts of South Salt Lake City. But mm-hmm. the land, if you were to visit, is very desolate. And, um, you know, the Mormon church had come to Hawaii and like recruited many families from all of Polynesia to come up and help them, you know, build the, the temple and establish mm-hmm do the work up there. And so uh, my family was one of them. And uh, when they arrived, the community members in Salt Lake decided they didn't want to, there wasn't any like good land left for them to have them as neighbors. So they moved them way out to this like really crazy desolate (laughs) place. They created a really beautiful town for themselves. Um, It's been abandoned after, I think they lived there consistently for, you know, nearly 20 years. Um, But, you know, to me, it's a kind of a hard uh, topic because it's like one of the first uh, sort of inclinations for our family to be a part of this diaspora that eventually happened. Uh, we ended up moving back, and but our land also there was uh, dispossessed, um, and so we've kind of been living in this like ever since. And so I'm wanting to build a series of paintings that look at that, you know, mm-hmm. and how do Native Hawaiians in the diaspora, how have they thrived, how have they reckoned with this history, and how do we like see ourselves, um, you know, in connection with our language, culture. Um, and land if we're not actually there physically so yeah that's the next (laughs) that's the next body of work is this a a series of pieces or is it a commission piece or just something that you have in your head that you've wanted to create yeah it's something i've been thinking about for a while actually Mm -hmm. and um it's a series of paintings uh that i'm just doing uh independently but you know, it's just like, I think that there's, especially, I don't think a lot of people know that this is actually what the history is for Native Hawaiian people, you know, that we've been displaced and over 50%, (laughs) yeah, over 50% of our population lives on the continental U.S. Um, And so, yeah, it's something that I really think is important, at least for me, I really want to kind of, um, look at it, you know, through our family lens. Um, I inherited this like cache of photos that my grandma had taken and um, and that really truly was the inspiration, you know, behind creating this body of work is seeing this like rich history and seeing images of our family and wanting to sort of reckon that history mm-hmm. in this creative way. So. How do you bridge traditional and contemporary elements in your pieces and still balance between honoring your cultural traditions and expressing your individual artistic vision? Oh, gosh. Um, Can you repeat that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's bridging the gap between today and yesterday, you know, traditional elements and contemporary elements and how you create those and still honoring cultural traditions either in Hawaiian or Dine Navajo, and then expressing your own artistic vision in your piece? 
Hmm. I mean, I do think like there's definitely things that I'm not willing to incorporate in my own creative practice so Mm -hmm. as that I don't want to be disrespectful, right? Like if there's particular um, iconography or references, um, (coughs) like I don't want to, I I just generally leave those off the table um, out of respect for, you know, um, my communities. Uh, But in terms of sort of uplifting i guess uh, as part of the question of those traditional practices uh, and making creating that bridge i mean i think that uh, by sort of leaving those really taboo things off the table it Mm kind of gives me that freedom to sort of um add to sort of the general lexicon and vocabulary like visual vocabulary of our people um and to sort of create or reimagine what those new icon iconography could be and um and building this like new traditions if you will um but yeah like definitely just keeping the other things off the table um has been really freeing actually um because i don't i don't want to really want to like be disrespectful right right that way yeah. No, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. You're respecting the items or components that are very sacred to our to our own heritage. Do you mm-hmm. do any uh, commission work? I have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done a lot of things for like the city of Santa Fe. Um, I've done a bunch of commissions through my gallery, um, and primarily those are painting. You know, I've done murals and so forth. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've done commissions. Have any of those commissions been a collaboration with other artists? Hmm. That's a good question. Have they been with other artists? I don't think so. I'm trying to think in, like, all the different things. Yeah, I don't think they've <laughs> necessarily been collaborations yeah do you take uh challenges or risk in your art um i guess i would say in one on one hand that the challenge or the risk is by continuing to make the things that i think are Mm -hmm. um interesting to me uh which maybe you know like I had mentioned those the series of like these monsters um, illustrations and so forth. Uh, you know, I think me continuing to work in that area has was probably a risk to begin with. Um, but you know, the feedback or like the response has always been good, and I just always went with it. So I guess the challenge really is to just like continue working in that way of just making the things that you enjoy mm, versus true. making the things that are determined by the market, if you will. Right. That makes perfect sense. Now, where are you uh, represented or do you have your own gallery and how can people mm-hmm. find your work? Um, I am at Foreman Concept Gallery, which is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, I've been there for over 10 years now. And um, they're also part of the Zane Bennett uh, Gallery. So, yeah, they're here in Santa Fe and um, really great guys. Uh, 
that's that's who I'm with. <laughs> <laughs> In what ways uh, do you envision your art contributing to a broader understanding and appreciation of Native American culture, both within and outside the community? You know, on one hand, I feel like um, I feel like if I can, if I continue to just make the things that I enjoy making that I think mm-hmm. are important, uh, which, as I have, have mentioned earlier, that oftentimes maybe is not necessarily imagery that's associated with like Native art. Um, I do know that like there's some up and coming artists whether they're like in grade school or, or just starting out in undergrad who see work like that, who I think are inspired to continue doing or making the work that they think is important that might not fit into those boxes um, that, you know, they've been told are the only boxes that work if you want to be an artist. And so if I can, you know, inspire people to continue on their path, even though they might be sort of making things that are unconventional, um, then I think that's really cool. Is there any medium that you want to try your hand out or any type of artistic endeavor that is on a list that you're like, at some point, I want to do this? Hmm. Honestly, I really have been thinking a lot about sculpture. Um uh you know like metal work i mm-hmm. think is really fascinating um i have no experience in metal work <laughs> uh so i don't know how i would necessarily get into that field but i really find it interesting and i think a lot of the ideas that i've been coming up with especially when i was in grad school sort of opened up this idea that there's a possibility that i could maybe mm-hmm. work uh, in a three-dimensional way. Um, I have been working more recently in micaceous pottery, um, which has been a lot of fun. Um, it's been a really good learning experience and it's really kind of prompted me to, um, you know, think about my community's relationship with clay uh, and, and Navajo's community. And um, I had the a fellowship this summer at the School for Advanced Research and use some of that time actually to uh, further research uh, Dene uh, relationship with clay, historic and contemporary, but also looking deeper into uh, the relationship of clay with among Polynesian communities. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily think that that's a practice that I'm trying to pursue. Uh, to be to get really big at, but it's just something I really enjoy, and and so I'll probably continue doing it. Is there a piece? <clears throat> excuse me. Is there a piece that you can think of that you're surprised at the response it received? And on the <laughs> side note of that, is there a piece that you can think of that didn't get the response that you expected it to receive? Gosh, I don't know. Um, well, let me ask you this question. Is there a piece that is highlighted in the, your career that you could say is the epitome of your heart and soul? I don't think 
think so because no. I really <laughs> they all think are. I've, well, yeah, but also I don't really think that I've reached that pinnacle yet as an artist. So I really feel in my heart that like my best work it hasn't happened yet. Mm. Um, and so uh, I don't know when that'll happen. Um, but I think that also keeps me like humble maybe. And also <laughs> kind of like keeps me moving, you know, like, <laughs> cause I don't think it's, ha- I don't, I can't really think of one that's uh, like my best work or one that I'm super like proud of, I guess. I'm proud of all of it, but like, yeah, I don't like love one more than the other, I guess. <laughs> it's like a kid. <laughs> you don't have a favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I <laughs> do you, hold back any of your pieces that once completed do you hold anything back and not release it to um i do now yeah uh but i think back in the day like there was some pieces i think i wish i had held on to you know but for purely like economic reasons (laughs) i parted with them you know and uh, i remember remember when i first started painting um there was a painting that a guy who was um, showing our work at, uh, he owned the space and um, he ended up really loving this painting that I created and I ended up selling it to him, but I remember crying because I felt like it was like a, one of my babies was gone, (laughs) you know, Uh, but I was so sad. Um, so I tried not to like be as um, you know close, I guess, with mm-hmm. every like everything can't be that precious, maybe. Uh, but yeah, now uh, I think you know, several years later, I there if there's a piece that I, that was really meaningful me meaningful to me when I was making it, I'll keep it. Now, when you start creating, do you stick to that piece until until that completion, or? Do you work on multiple pieces at one time? Uh, I try to work on multiple things at the same time. Uh, and then depending on the scale, uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm able to focus on a larger piece a little bit longer mm-hmm. uh, or have more dedicated time to that. But um, I've often found, and I think I learned this from uh, Jeff, actually, that I should have many pieces going at the same time, just to kind of like break the monotony. Like maybe one might give you a little bit of a challenge and having something else working uh, kind of gives you that break that you might need. So yeah, try to have a few things going at the same time. Have you ever been surprised at the direction a piece has taken after you started it? If you started something and you thought, okay, this is going to be this, and then all of a sudden it just kind of took a life upon its own. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, um, there was a period where I was doing a lot of like, I mean, I, I do still think that I uh, mix a lot of different mediums, but uh, there was a period when I was really going for it, like um, layering different types of like printing prints mm-hmm. and like paintings and um, image transfers and, so really just kind of playing with stuff and um and yeah, hundred percent there was definitely times where like I had a general idea, but then just kind of went with making the things and 
it came went went in an entirely different direction than I had <laughs> anticipated. So, yeah, for sure, like um, that's definitely happened. Do you do the mark uh, the art market circuit at all? I don't do the circuit, um, but I do participate from time to time. Um, mm. In particular, I've done uh, Indian market, uh, both the winter and summer market. And periodically I'll do same thing. No, sometimes I'll do the IAI has their little alumni show in the winter, um, which is a lot of fun, to be honest. Uh, so sometimes I'll do that one. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the only Indian market and that one are sort of the only market markets that I'll participate in from time to time. So what's next for you? Well, uh, creatively, I guess, you know, working on that series, uh, I was just filling out uh, residency details. And so just spending the time, like, uh, accumulating more documentation. I'm probably going to have to be out in Utah at some point to take some photos. Um, mm -hmm. I want to also um, make this like a community project where some of the descendants are able to, I'm able to document their stories and uh, through photo and video and, um, you know, kind of make it just build on, off of that. And right. I don't know where that part will go. But I'm really interested to, you know, start those that documentation of, of those stories as well. Is there a time period in your mind that you want to have this completed? Or you just let the artistic freedom go and when you finish, you finish? Honestly, like it would be amazing if I could have this wrapped up this time next year. <laughs> uh, I'm not working necessarily, like I said earlier, on this particular project. Um, uh, for any institution or it's just really like more of a personal mm -hmm. um, creative project. So I haven't necessarily put any hard deadlines, but I do like to work on a deadline. So I think if we could wrap this up by the end of next summer, early next fall, that would be, you know, pretty cool. Perfect. Is there anything else you want to share or tell us about your journey and your story? Um, I don't know. I mean, was any of that good or? <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Heidi. It's all about you. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, um, I, I just really appreciate you reaching out and, and Absolutely. You know, uh, inviting me to be a part of this. And, you know, hopefully I'm able, I've shared something that was of interest to you and your audience. And, um, so yeah, that's, add, that's all. What do, you, what do your parents think now? Well, you know, my mom passed a few years ago. Sorry. Um, my dad, thank you. Uh, my dad is still with us. And I think my dad now, you know, 20 plus years later, he sees that I'm an artist and he likes it, you know. Uh, and he knows that I'm uh, happy and that this is something that I'm doing uh, for the rest of my life. And so he's okay with it. Well, that's good. Are any yeah. of your kids interested in the arts? You know, it's funny because um, I think both of my sons, when they were really small, uh, of course, they're they're always like uh, excited to make work. And we were, they were always around. Uh, their father also was an artist. So they're always around um, art and making art and so forth. Um, 
But I think once they hit like middle high school, like mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> but but it's interesting, like as they started approaching approaching their graduation time and thinking about college, um, my younger son started to, you know, get really interested in like design and art, and so he's now taking some classes uh, in his first year of college, and I've tried to like kind of uh, not push him so hard into the mm-hmm. arts because I'm like ultimately this has to be your your decision but it's kind of cool you know uh i can't take all the credit but you know um (laughs) if he's interested in it i'm I'm excited about it so besides your son what kind of advice would you give someone that's interested in pursuing the artistic direction or endeavor especially someone that's native american and indigenous Mm. what advice would you give them you know i would just say to I, I tell, oh, I, you know, I work with students still, so I'm a professor in the, or mentor, if you will, in the Master of Fine Arts uh, Studio Art Program at IAIA, and then had taught on undergrad students at IAIA before that. Um, and I tell students all the time, you know, if you're really interested in being an artist and pursuing the arts, you have to be, like, you have to just show up for yourself. Like, you have to really commit the time to being in the studio to making the work mm-hmm. and doing it like all the time you know like it's not like a part-time endeavor um and i tell them all the time too that you know there's always going to be someone that's hungrier than you that's coming up right behind you and right. so if you really want it you really got to go for it and you got to keep working at it you know and um and also all the rejections are also okay because it gives you <laughs> gives you the opportunity to kind of like recalibrate and reconsider, you know, what you're trying to do. And so continue to apply for, uh, you know, whatever it is that you're interested mm-hmm. in, whether it be schools or um, markets or shows uh, to keep applying uh, fellowships, all of those things. Um because it really helps you clarify your voice as an artist and uh, really kind of hone in on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, just, just keep working, keep applying for stuff. And, um, you know, if you're able to find your people, uh, find that community of artists, that's also really helpful. Yeah, so, yep. Just don't take no for an answer. Just keep moving forward. Yeah. And if someone says no, there's always, I always believe that there's another, there's a workaround somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Very hopefully true. that's helpful. <laughs> well, Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We thoroughly appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure to, to have this time and chat with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, I look forward to listening soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks.